Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, November the 29th and 2021 on When I Rise. Today we begin Year C, the second Sunday of Advent. And on the Monday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the Old Testament passage from this week in the Revised Common Lectionary and this week of the ch- uh, church calendar year. And uh, this is strange. The Old Testament passage is actually in the last Old Testament book. So we're going to go to the book of Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. This might be the only passage from Malachi in all of the Revised Common Lectionary. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When Our Eyes. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Malachi chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. Look, I am sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, whom you look for so eagerly, is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But who will be able to endure when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver, so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. Then once more the Lord will accept the offerings brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem, as he did in the past. This is the word of God for us. At the heart of the message of the book of Malachi is how can a God so holy still want to stick with his people? Um, I think what's very honest about the Old Testament is that Israel is is uh, open about their own sin. They don't try to conceal it. They don't try to hide it. I mean, they may have tried from time to time, but uh, in the heart of their message, they have these different days throughout the church calendar, sorry, their worship calendar, where they were have th- this open repentance with they called Teshuva, which is to turn and to return back to God. And so here's a book that, that uh, focuses on this return. And at the heart of it, God is going back to this rivalry between Esau and Jacob, uh, the Edomites and the Israelites. And there must have been something in the Old Testament period that stoked this imagination of whether God loved Esau or not. I mean, if you remember some of the, the uh, verses from the book of Genesis from Jacob and Esau's story, and then it's picked up again in the New Testament, the book of Romans, there's this idea of God picking Jacob over Esau, how God selects and then he rejects. And so there is this question, perhaps, um, is God going to reject Israel like he rejected Esau and the Edomites, uh, who are the descendants of Esau? And so here in the heart of Malachi's message is this idea that there's going to be a return. There's going to be a way prepared that God is going to send a messenger ahead of time that's going to prepare for this this cleansing work of of God's people. And there's a couple metaphors that they use here that there's going to be a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. Uh, To be someone who refined metal or someone who cleaned laundry in this culture was a bit of a hazardous job um, to get close to flames obviously presented its own uh, difficulties 
But we have, you know, modern laundry practices. We never fear for our lives whenever we put a load in the wash. But think about like the harsh soap that uh, needed to be done to, in order to try to cleanse a garment. And um, here that uses the term bleach. Who knows how much bleach is utterly available in this, you know, Old Testament period. But nevertheless, this is some dirty and some hard work. And I think this is a, a wonderful image of God's redemptive work among us. You know, some, if you were to ask them, well, what's a God like? They would articulate a God who stands far off, who waits for us to get our own act together in order to seek him and serve him. But the Bible gives a different image of God. It gives a God who pursues us. I mean, the God who created us out of the dirt. And so you sense like a God uh, with dirt under his fingernails as he fashions uh, the human first human beings, right? The people of the dust. And uh, you have a God who, here in this passage, is among the flames, refining the metal into until it's pure, right? Or God is the launderer who is caking his hands and uh, the launderer's utensils with soap and scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing till the stain is gone, right? And then this is a picture of Jesus, the God who suffers on the cross, who suffers even God-forsakenness, because God's got a dream to redeem his people. And so as we start this week, uh, second week of Advent, longing for God's presence in our life, uh, we, we should dwell on this idea of this longing of wanting to be with a God who is among us, the God who works hard, the God who gets into the hazardous places in order uh, to build his covenant people, a God who goes before us, who seeks us first before we seek him. And so as you and I carry our burdens to God today, he is not far off. We don't have to conjole him to listen to us. This God is attentive. As the psalmist says, this God inclines his ear to our prayers. And because of that, he shows great love for us. So as we start this day and as we start this week, the second week of Advent, let's turn to a God who's already among us. A God who, in this image that comes from Malachi, who's got like that big thick apron that a silversmith might have. The God who's got his sleeves rolled up as someone who is trying to get the stains out of clothes. This God is here and he's eager to redeem us. So let's be eager to give our lives to him once more. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that it's said of Jesus that he endured the cross and he scorned its shame, that he ran with endurance, the race that was set before him, and so we should do the same as we approach you. And so, God, we thank you that we have a suffering God, the one who laid down his life for us. We thank you that that is not just a gift we receive, but it's also a model for the way in which we live life. God, we thank you that we can know better days and that we know that you are with us because you show again and again how you're in the hazardous places. You're the one who's rolling up the sleeves in order to achieve the work of redemption. And so we thank you that we have been embraced by such a matchless grace, a grace that goes before us. God, we thought, thank you that you sought us when we were strangers and you brought us into your covenant family, that we didn't have to seek after you, but you sought after us first. And so we have responded to you and the call in our hearts. And so God, we thank you that the, the, the breath that we breathe today and the steps that we take today are ones that are marked out by grace. So God, today as we engage in faithful work in Jesus' name, I pray that we be the first ones eager to roll up our own sleeves, the ones who will go first uh, whenever there's a need. I pray that we wouldn't back away from that need, but we would seek your face and in your wisdom for how to help meet that need. Help us to be Jesus people, Jesus people who suffer long, who fuss over the right things, and who donate our life for the greatest sake. 
And so, Lord, we pray that you'd help us today in some way, some tangible way, expressing your kingdom to the lives of those around us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.